Ladies and gentlemen, here's Shirley Lin with In the Spotlight. Welcome to In the Spotlight. I'm Shirley Lin. Today we continue my interview with Joe Henley. Joe is from Canada and has been in Taiwan for 12 years. He is a freelance writer and a musician. Last week, he was talking about his first night in Taipei City with not enough money to stay at a hotel or a hostel or the YMCA. So he spent his first night sleeping on cardboards on the floor in the Taipei main station before getting up in the morning to go to a job interview. He not only befriended a homeless, he even got the job wearing the same clothes from the night before. He had been wanting a change in his life in Canada, and so when a friend there told him to try Taiwan, he came without really any plan. At the time, he only knew Taiwan just because it was written on the bottom of all his toys. Before he came to Taipei, he was teaching English at a remote village in rural Zhanghua County in west-central region of Taiwan. But I was curious... How did he find his way to that out-of-nowhere place when he doesn't really know Taiwan himself? So that's where Joe Henley will begin today. I probably wouldn't have got there uh, without the help of one guy at a, at a Taiwanese cell phone shop. When I was first going out to Homei, I had very vague directions from the director of the school. She's like, okay, go past a store with a blue sign, and then, you know, there's a 7-Eleven, and you turn left. And I got on the bus, and I missed all those clues, and wound up at the end of the line. And the bus driver couldn't speak any English, and he didn't know what to do with me, so he just kind of said, okay, uh, good luck. And I got off and just started wandering around randomly, having no idea where I was in Chenghua County. And a guy from a cell phone shop came out. He saw probably the tears in my eyes and probably saw that I was completely lost and he could speak some English and he took a couple hours off of work. He just talked to his boss. He said, look, there's this poor wow. desperate foreigner. He took me in his car. He got the phone number of the director of the school, called them up and he drove me there. I'd probably still be wandering home to this day, like a wandering ghost. <laughs> so they put you up at some like a dorm at the school or something? Or they had an apartment okay, for okay. the teachers from the school. So me and like the two or three other foreigners mm. that lived in the town all lived in this same house. Uh, so we called it the White House <laughs> for, for obvious reasons. Okay. That's where we lived. And every once in a while, we'd be downstairs in the lounge on the ground floor with the, uh, you know, the open uh, glass doors looking out onto the street. And every once in a while, we'd look over and there'd be people peering in through the glass doors watching us. <laughs> as we watch TV. And they just, they'd just be looking, seeing what the foreigners do, seeing how we live. And yes. we just kind of wave at them. Like I say, there was no malice in what they were doing. They were just really curious. Like, what are these people doing here? What are they watching? What's that television show? Mm. And so, as a writer, what are you doing now in Taipei? A little bit of everything. Um, I do some journalism still. As a freelancer, I can pick and choose stories that I enjoy. I like stories. Are they all Taiwan-related? Uh, some are, some aren't. I mean, okay. I've focused a little bit on uh, human rights issues, such as uh, I I've done a few stories on migrant workers here in Taiwan who have endured uh, struggles, um, who have gone through exploitation. So I've gotten to know a lot of people in, like, say, the, the Filipino and Indonesian community who have had some, some problems here. Um, I've also focused on that internationally. Um, 
October of last year, I went to the Philippines to do some reporting on the effects of the drug war that was going on there on mm-hmm. on the poor communities in Manila. And this was writing for a magazine, or、uh, this was or... writing for. I I went there writing for a newspaper in Hong Kong. I was also working for an international news organization called Al Jazeera, and then I was also working for a magazine out of Singapore called Asian Geographic. So I was,、okay. I was working for different publications. So I get it. All、I'm just, around I'm just, the world. You know, as a freelance writer, I'm just throwing out pitches all the time, and、wow. you send out ten. One says yes, and. That's that's what you end up doing. So,、oh, okay. But then I also spend a lot of time just working from home. I write textbooks. What kind of textbooks? Textbooks for、uh, kids in Taiwan who are learning English. English. Yeah. So you know,、Got、I、it. might this week I might be doing a business English textbook. Next week I might be doing one for、uh, kids from a vocational school who might go on to work in a hotel or a restaurant or something like that. So. Wait. Why does it sound like you can pop out a book in one week? I because I have to. That's how that's how you make a living. You know, like.、Uh, Wow! You gotta you gotta keep those words flowing.、Uh, you know, writing is not the most highly paid work in the world, so you gotta do a lot. You gotta do a lot of different stuff. But I enjoy it. I mean, I like wearing different hats and doing different things. You do wear a lot of hats. Yeah, but I like that. I'm never bored. Really, <laughs> I've always got something on the go, and、uh, there's always something new to learn, something new to explore. So I'm always looking forward to the next day and what that's gonna bring. So you're contributing to a lot of international media and different mediums and everything, but you decide to base yourself in Taiwan. Yes. Why?、Uh, I'm I have ties here now. I'm I'm married here now. I'm ha- I'm happily married for the past、uh, three years. Good. And I'm also involved in the music scene here. I'm in a、right. couple of different bands. How did that happen? I mean, were you playing a musical instrument when you were younger? I played piano badly until I was about thirteen and begged my parents to quit.、Um, I, I'm glad they encouraged me to do it. It was it was useful.、Uh, I did that, and then later I picked up the guitar. But I, I was very lazy. I, I learned the basic chords, and I tried to start bands with friends back home. Never worked out. But then when I came over here, when I first got to Taipei, I started going to shows all the time because you know I'm from a very small city. There wasn't a lot of shows going on to go to, and I was shy back home too. I was scared to go to shows by myself, but here, I just thought, okay, well, it doesn't matter. I can be whoever I want. I'm all the way around the world. I can just be whoever I want to be. Nobody's gonna laugh at me. Nobody's gonna make fun of me. So just go out and just see stuff. Start experiencing stuff. So I started going to shows by myself, and I went to a festival called Formos in、uh, August or、mm. uh, summer yeah. of two thousand six. Yeah, yeah, it's every summer. Summer of two thousand six, and I was. By a stage, watching a band, and a guy came out, Taiwanese guy. His name is Charlie Lee, and he stuck out his hand. He introduced himself, and like I say, back then I had really long hair, long beard. He says, "You look like a metal guy," and I was like, "Yeah," and I was. I, I loved metal music, punk music. He says, "Yeah, I've got this band. We just lost our vocalist." He's like, "Can you can you scream? Can you do death metal vocals?" I couldn't, but I lied. I said, "Yeah, sure, no problem." He said, "Okay." Demonstrate right、He's, there and then. Yeah, no, he didn't. Luckily, he, he would have. <laughs> Just walked away, probably. But he's like, "Okay, we, we're gonna have auditions. So、uh, here's a here's some songs. Learn these songs, and then come out to this practice space in two weeks. We'll try you out, and we'll see if you can be in the band." So then I had to go home and learn how to do this. Okay. So I said yes. Learn. That's what I, that's what I've been doing ever since. I've been saying yes first and learning after I say yes. Okay. okay. Yeah, I can do that. Now I got to figure out how to do it. So I went home to my apartment, and you know this is Taipei, so all the apartments are close together. I had to learn how to scream in my apartment without. <laughs> 
the police coming and arresting me or thinking somebody's being murdered or something, some terrible thing happening. But I spent the next two weeks learning and then I went to the audition and I think I was actually the only person who auditioned anyway. So <laughs> by default, lucky you. by default, I wound up in that band and that's, you know, 10, 11 years going. I do love living in Taipei, so I wouldn't want to live anywhere else, really. You wouldn't I mean, want to trade for anything else? No, I don't think so. I mean, I've, I've traveled around. I've seen other cities. There, there's places, that, other places that I love, but as far as a place to live, this fits me. You're listening to In the Spotlight with Shirley Lin. You adjusted to the food here right away? When I was a kid, I was actually a very picky eater. But then as an adult, I was just like, okay, bring it on. Like the weirder the, the weirder food, the better. <laughs> the weirder the better. Like you want to fry up some cockroaches or some spiders or something. Like, yeah, put that on my plate. I'm going to eat it. So, uh, Are you serious? You've tried them? Not here. <laughs> uh, in Thailand, I ate oh, scorpion. Yeah. Uh, How did that taste? Not bad. They deep fried it. They put some spices on it. It had a I'm nice s- crunch. Honestly speaking, anything deep fried is all, they all taste the same. They are good. Yeah, it's, yeah I've had fried crickets, you know, those are in the mountains too. in Taipei, and yeah, you know, they're they're good. You when deep fry fried. something, you put some put some hot sauce on it. It's all good. Um, but okay, you know what I'm going to ask you? Mm-hmm. Can you take stinky tofu? Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. I don't I don't eat it all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, you always know when you're walking by a chotofu stand. It's not a mystery where it is. You just follow your nose. But I still get it from time to time. And, uh, you know, of course, Taiwanese people love to see the foreigner eating chotofu. And <laughs> I, I have some friends. They can't take it. But actually, it, I, I, I always tell them, I said, it doesn't taste like it smells. You right. Just, you just got to get past that initial shock. What about the steamed ones? Those are even more stinky. Steamed ones, that's uh, that's another level. That's another... <laughs> I usually get the deep fried ones. Okay. okay. I'm, I'm, I'm not quite that Taiwanized yet. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm working at it. Not quite there yet. Well, you've got a Taiwanese wife, so she's going to make you get used to it. She's helping me. She's, <laughs> she's helping, helping me every day. <laughs> so where do you want to go from here, um, Joe? You've got a very amazing life you're not that shy introverted person anymore so where do you want to go from here i want to just keep writing i want to keep telling stories i want to keep growing stories about yourself or no not about me about other people not about you for sure not about me i I talk enough about me (laughs) i want to i like writing stories about people that others might not necessarily pay attention to I mean, I've got a book coming out next month focusing on uh, like Taiwanese punk musicians, which is something that even a lot of people in Taiwan, they might not know about that scene. And internationally, people definitely wouldn't know about that scene. When I came over here first 12 years ago, I was like, oh, they probably don't even know what punk is in Taiwan. Of course they do. I was I was just a stupid kid back then. They had a ton of punk bands back then. They actually had more then than they do now. But, you know, there's probably still a lot of people out there. They probably don't know about metal bands in Taiwan or punk bands in Taiwan and what that scene is all about and how it ties into the political scene here and stuff like that. So I just want to keep growing and telling more stories mm. like that and, and hopefully, you know, getting better as a writer. And So you, you did some interviews in order to write this book. Yeah, like it's it's a fictional book. It's a, it's a work of fiction, I should say, but it's, it's based on my experience of having Taiwanese bandmates over the past 11 or 12 years. Just listening to them talk about their lives and about if they embrace this sort of culture, which is 
strange to most Taiwanese people, you know, because it's people with weird hair, long hair, tattoos. They're going out to bars at night, playing loud, uh, you know, charged music. If they want to justify that to their parents, it's basically impossible because traditional Taiwanese parents will be like, well, why are you wasting your time? You know, mm. you need to be out there earning money. You need to be concerned about your future. But they have this passion for this culture, this lifestyle, this music. The book is based on my experience of listening to them talk about these experiences of trying to reconcile being Taiwanese, which they are very proud of, mm -hmm. as well they should be, with this other kind of foreign culture. You know, punk and metal were not born here. They were born overseas, but they've been here for a long time, and they've fallen in love with that as well. So they're trying to reconcile these two opposing forces. That sounds like a great book. I hope yeah. so. So how do you look at the music scene here in Taiwan? I think it's great. It's small. I think it's a small scene, but most scenes everywhere are small. Like even if you go to a place like New York, the number of people involved is not huge. It's it's more than it is here. But I mean, that's that's a bigger city and a bigger country, a bigger center than uh, Taipei or Taiwan in general. But the people here, I think, are very passionate about it. They care a lot about what they do and, and what their message is to their fans here or to people abroad. And they work at it. I mean, there's not a lot of venues here for them to play at, but people are always mm. pushing. Yeah, I think that there's something about the art scene and the music scene here that has really attracted foreigners. I guess our music scene is pretty good. You know, it's pretty mature, would you say? I mean... I think it is. Yeah? I think I think it's a mature scene. Um, it's, it's developed completely on its own, completely independently. And yet, you know, if you are a foreigner and you come over here and you want to be involved, people are more than happy to introduce you pull around you in. and, mm -hmm. and pull you in and you can be involved to whatever level that you want to be and they will and they will embrace you and they'll, they'll teach you about it and they'll, they'll tell you what's going on and they'll they'll educate you about everything that you could possibly want about the scene about the country I've just been listening my whole time here I've just been listening to people mm. and, I, I'm, and I never get tired of it I always want to hear more about what they have to tell me and they will they will embrace you and they will teach you about about all of it that's what I love about it. I'm, I'm always learning. There's always something to hear, something to learn, something to, to pay attention to and draw you in. That's great. I think Taiwan is becoming more progressive, in my opinion. You know, there's deeply rooted traditions, and you never want to sacrifice too no. much of that. You don't want to forget where you came from. But at the same time, you need to keep moving forward. And I think a lot of people from the music scene are helping to lead that charge forward. They're mm -hmm. saying, yes, you know, we can, be, we can be good people, but we can also embrace other things like we can embrace art we can embrace poetry we can embrace literature and we can still you know be good productive citizens and uh, you know we can care for our parents and uh, honor our ancestors and things like that but we can also do things our way you know joe it's been so much fun talking to you i mean it's just really been awesome and um, good luck with everything you're doing. Thank you. I'm sure you're going to do great with your writing I and so. the music and everything. Keep contributing to all the young people here in Taiwan because they, they need to see more of the world. And they would do that through you guys. So I appreciate you being here and settling down and making this your home. Thank at least you. for now. <laughs> no, it's, it's been my pleasure. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much, Joe. Thank you. See you next time. Bye-bye.